Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 206. Today's episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast is brought to you by the Positive Productivity Pod, created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success without burnout. The pod offers weekly group coaching sessions, online courses, a private member community, and tons more. To learn more about the pod and to sign up, visit PositiveProductivityPod.com. See you on the inside. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to our guest, Paul Dixon. Paul is the co-owner of Papa Lemon Books. Paul, welcome. Thank you, Kim. It's great to be on your show. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you. And I love your story and how you got started. So with that said, I'd love if you could share about Papa Lemon Books with the listeners and tell them what it's all about. Yes, I can definitely do that. Well, first of all, Papa Lemon is my grandfather, and his actual real name was Walter Kane, but when he was two years old, he got the nickname of Lemon because he was acting fussy and cranky one day, and his mother said, you're sour as a lemon. Um, so all of his grandkids knew him as Papa Lemon. Now, my cousin, Lehman Riley, is the author of the Papa Lemon books, and I'm more of the business guy. The concept is our grandfather, Papa Lemon, and our grandmother, Mama Sarah, they're the neighborhood grandparents in a small town in Mississippi. Five friends, known as the Little Wanderers, come to them for advice about a history homework assignment, and that's when Papa Lemon reveals his magical train. So in each of the seven Papa Lemon books, the five friends go back in time visit a different historical figure in each of the books. That's incredible. I love that. How many books do you see yourself having in the whole series? Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I leave the creative expression to uh, my cousin, the author Lehman. So, I mean, hopefully there'll be, you know, twice as many as we have now. Um, so I really can't say what the future holds because he already has a couple that are in his head and kind of written down. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens down the road. Speaking of journeys, even though that was a time travel journey, you've had a little journey yourself through your career and geographically. Could you share about that with the listeners? Uh, definitely. Well, um, I was born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I lived there for my entire life up until a year ago. And while living in Minnesota, I went to school at the University of Minnesota, the business school, worked for 16 years at Target Corporation as a buyer, and also worked in Minneapolis at the Disney sales office. I was a toy salesperson. Uh, but a year ago, well, actually a year and a couple months, or not a couple months, a couple of weeks ago, I actually made one of the biggest leaps in life. I quit my job and moved to Los Angeles, California. So that's a bit of my journey. What did that decision look like? What were the biggest factors that helped you make that decision? You know, it was really a spiritual decision for me. 
And it was one of those things where even a few years prior to making the move last year, I felt I was being called to move out to California. And at that time, I thought I was going to do that to work for Disney, but that wasn't really in the cards. And really through a variety of synchronistic events last year, I just knew it was the right time to quit my job, move to California, and focus full-time on the Papa Lemon book business. For anybody who's listening who is still in a full-time job but has their own business either started or as a dream in their head, what are some items that you would make sure that they would consider or recommend that they would consider before making a move like you did? I think you have to have some realistic um, thoughts about it. When I say realistic, like from a financial perspective, uh, so that you can still compensate, I mean, cover your expenses and so forth. Um, So I think it's important to think through that. And depending upon what your belief system is, I mean, some people are very spiritual and they can just kind of get a feel for things. Or maybe if you're not, if you just listen to your gut, I think it's one of those things where your body um, or your spiritual beliefs will really tell you if that is truly the time for you to move on. But I think you definitely still need to make sure that you have some type of uh, financial plan as you move forth um, in taking that big step. I started my first business in 2005. I made an impulse purchase of a craft tool. Okay. It wasn't actually that big of a purchase in retrospect. It was maybe $75. But at the time, I was pregnant with my second, and I felt guilty. So I decided I (laughs) I needed to pay it off by selling stuff that I could make with it. It was a die cutting tool. And I turned it into a business that blew up. But um, for me, it ended up taking so much time. And I, I'm i surprised, or maybe surprised is the wrong word. I laugh to myself, of course, sometimes when I hear people talking about how they're going to quit their job and start their own business and work four hours a week. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of us can relate that that is not the journey that it takes us on we had to be really careful and guard our time if that's the journey that we want to go on but so many of us quit our 40 hour a week jobs to work 80 hours for ourselves. what was the situation for you uh for me um i've always been a relatively efficient type of person but there's no ifs ands and buts that you will if you want to have a successful business that you need to spend a significant time working on that business. And for me, uh, actually, in my my previous job, I I did work a lot of hours. So it's one of those things where I really didn't like shift or increase the number of hours that I worked with the Pop Lemon book business. It just kind of stayed level, I guess you could say. Um, But I totally get what you're saying when you step into that entrepreneur world, because when you're working, especially if it's for a larger company, you have so many support systems around you. And when you're doing something on your own, even if you have a business partner to that support system really is so much smaller. So you have to pretty much do everything or try to hire someone to to assist you. So it's so much more, in my estimation, mental uh, strain and stress, too. So your cousin, Lehman, came to you 
over a decade ago, right, and said that he had this idea and he, he wanted to get the books out there. What did the process look like to actually getting it going and getting it published and into the hands of of your intended audience? It's actually a really interesting story because my cousin Lehman was born in Minneapolis too, and he and I really weren't that uh, close growing up. And he worked out in downtown Minneapolis like I did. And occasionally as an adult, we'd see each other now and then say hello. But what happened in spring of 2003, I ran into his sister, also my cousin, and we started talking and I gave her my business card. And I was doing some consulting work at the time because I had left my target job approximately four months previously. And about three months later, in August of 2003, one day, Lehman called me, and he had never called me before in his life, and he said, hey, Paul, I'd like to share with you this concept I have about utilizing our grandfather as the main character in a children's series book. So I go to his house, uh, listen to the, the pitch, and I thought, hey, this is really fascinating. Yeah, this sounds like a really good idea. And what ended up happening is that the following year, we basically decided – Let's partner up and let's make this happen. And that is how we started the Papa Lemon book business. And he had already started doing the groundwork with respect to finding an illustrator and editor and, of course, writing the story. Um, so basically what ended up happening is in September of 2004 is when the first book was actually published and available for sale. So what is your role? That's a really good question uh, because, I mean, it's a variety of things. It's primarily when I say I'm, I'm the business person within the um, our, our, per, our business. And when I say that, what I basically do is, you know, handle the finances within the business and also the marketing elements of what we should be doing. Uh, so those are the main two components that uh, I deal with. Paul, on your website – which is fantastic, by the way. And listeners, all the resources that we talk about, including links to the Papa Lemon book series, will be on the show notes page at thecamsutton.com forward slash PP206. It's amazing to read the testimonials or the reviews from parents and teachers and elected government people. Is that is that the that's probably not the most eloquent way to say it. <laughs> And even somebody with a major toy company, at what has the route look like or the journey look like for actually getting the books into the hands of these people? It has been one um, roller coaster of a journey because we started the business, as I mentioned before, in 2004. And what we did during those first couple of years is we did as much as we could to actually get the books out in people's hand, go to different events, try to appear on television in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and had some decent success there. Also, Lehman visited quite a few schools, so that exposed the books to, uh, to more people. Um, but what started to happen in 2006, we said, you know what, let's really go for it. And we went on numerous trips across the country at various events exhibiting the books such as uh, AARP convention, PTA convention, and a variety of other uh, different types of conventions. 
with respect to some of the people within the toy world that I've known since I had been a buyer at Target, I basically, you know, connected with them, sent them a copy of the book, uh, asked for their thoughts, and that's how we were able to get some testimonies from people within the toy industry. Paul, what type of systems do you have in place in the company today? Is your and I'm going to piggyback another question on the back of that. Is Lehman still in Minnesota or is he out in California with you? He is still in uh, beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I know we're in the digital age. We have smartphones. We can text each other all the time. However, what do the systems look like that you use to keep on going and stay on task and, and keep everything flowing? Yeah, we consistently communicate with uh, we with each other. It's not like we have a formal set time when we talk, but we're talking three or four times a week. And I also have gone back to Minneapolis uh, seven times. We'll be eight um, coming up soon. Um, actually, just to visit family and also do some uh, business things with Lehman. So uh, we definitely continue to keep on task with each other by those two routes, me either going back to Minneapolis or um consistently talking over the phone on making sure we're moving in the right direction. What do you think is one of the obstacles that held you up from reaching the level of success the last time that you, before you quit Disney is what I'm trying to say, before you embarked on this adventure full time again this time, what would you say was one of the obstacles back then? And what are you doing differently today to overcome that obstacle? One of the greatest obstacles in the children's book world is that there's so many books that come out. So you can spend hours and hours marketing and networking and doing various things, and it's still really difficult to break through because the children's book market is primarily dominated by the top uh, publishers. So for those first four or five years, 2004 to 2008, nine time frame, again, we spent a lot of time and again, it just didn't pan out to what we wanted it to be. And there was a long period, about six years where in the book business, it was still alive, but we weren't spending a lot of time on it. And a couple of years ago, we just felt that again, it was time to really attack this business again. And really the main reason behind us sticking with it is that we just truly believe in our heart and soul that what we're doing is part of our spiritual destiny and that it will eventually be successful. So the biggest difference now for myself is that I know the move to California, it's about me connecting with more people. And since I'm out here, I've already have connected with more people to further the book business, but I just more so get a feeling that being out here is one of the key components to taking the, the business to uh, to another level. Um, so I just feel that I'm a different person um, now than I was years ago when I started the business. So when I say different, what I'm really referring to is that I just feel more connected and passion about now is the time that this book series is really needed and will be very successful and in the hands of numerous children across the country. How did you all decide to go the self-publishing route versus going the official publishing route? And I know that I, I'm familiar with the book industry, so I know it's a, it's a challenge to break into. But I guess let me ask it a different way. Would you do it again, the self-publishing route? Uh, yes. And the reason why is just having 
the creative control to do it yourself um, just felt right. And you're right, Kim. I mean, it's one of those things where you can submit to publishers hundreds of times and get rejected, rejected, rejected. Uh, but we just felt that if going that route, it would have taken a long time, even if we would have gotten published, to actually get published. And by self-publishing, and especially with the internet, there's so many ways to get out there and connect with people. Uh, but most importantly, when you actually are doing it on your own, you can control the timelines versus working with uh, a publisher. Oh, I completely understand. Listeners, you've been hearing me talk since the podcast was released over a year ago now about how I'm writing my book, Chronic Idea Disorder. And I think I'm just going to keep on saying the name like every other episode, not to promote it, but because that's one of the things I've heard about actually working with a publisher outside of myself rather than self-publishing is that they could even have me change the name. I really don't want to do that. I mean, can you imagine Papa Lemon's Little Wanderers being named anything else? Right. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, and then you're right, that definitely does happen. And it's like, well, no, that's our grandfather. It's Papa Lemon. Well, no, let's call him Papa George or Papa John or whatever it may be. So yeah, keeping creative control, I believe is very important. Um, if you want it to really end up being the way that is important for, for yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm 95% sure I am going to go the publisher route, just based on the recommendations that I received. But the other alarm in my head is, but when I have it written, I want to get it right out and get it into the hands of people. And I don't want to wait a year and a half for it to actually hit shelves. So we'll, <laughs> maybe we should have another episode, the two of us, after it actually does get out so we can uh, laugh at whatever decision I make. In the yeah, best we, way possible. Uh, yeah, well, of course. Everything. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You can learn something every day if you choose to. Paul, I know you said that your move to California was spiritual in, in some way. Why do you think it was California and not New York as far as the publishing industry? The reason why I believe it was California, because it's so much warmer out here compared to New York. I'm okay, not that, that, I'm that. joking. <laughs> <laughs> it is warmer. I mean, considering that, you know, Minnesota gets very chilly. Uh, the main reason I believe it was California is because our ultimate goal with Papa Lemon is an animated series. <clears throat> and there are obviously a lot of um, studios that are based in beautiful uh, California. So I believe that is uh, why I was guided to move west versus moving east. What would you say are a couple of the best resources that either you or Lehman have used since the development of the books that have helped you along this journey? Uh, there's an organization called the Independent Book Publishers um, Association, and it basically is an organization that helps self-publishers, indie publishers. They have annual conferences. They have uh, webinars. But they are a great resource with respect to learning about the publishing industry. And it's one of those things where if I could turn back the clock, we would have gotten connected with them a lot earlier. But, you know, to be point blank, when we first started, we didn't really know what we were doing for a while. Um, and I mean, that happens in a lot of different uh, businesses. But if we would have connected with them 
at the outset of the business, we probably would have saved uh, a few errors that we made along the way. Oh, I hear that. I've been in this business for five years. And when I started it five years ago, I didn't even know what WordPress was. And today, like literally today, the day that we're recording, I'm looking at doing a quick entire build of a client's website in a day. So, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> what a change. So it's amazing. Yeah. Just the, the increased learning and all, all the tricks and the tips and the time saving strategies and everything. It, it all adds up. Would you say that confidence has increased? In the last or since 2014? Um, yes. And the reason that I'd say that is because it's um, it just I just feel and sometimes it might be difficult to, you know, really explain this, but I just feel that now is the time. And when I say now is the time where there will be some significant success. Um, so yeah, there definitely is a much higher confidence level that I have now than I did a few years ago. I don't want to date this episode. I'm not, I'm not going to put a date on it. Listeners, you can look in iTunes or on the site and see when it was actually first released, but just because I know this is still going to be applicable whenever you're listening, but I know, especially lately, there's been a lot of stuff going on as far as politics and history and world events. So I love where you're going with this. I mean, it's not just going to be traveling back decades and decades, but eventually as the series goes on, we can even, you'll, you'll be able to travel to even more current events if you want to, because it just has such a potential to grow no matter where Papa Lemon is in time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things where what we're, also trying to do is stimulate the child's mind to take that magical train anywhere. And for a child, because the reading level of the books is third grade, so that's like eight, nine years old. So for an eight or nine-year-old, if they went back 10 years, you know, before they were, let's say, born, that might be a long time frame for them. So it's one of those things where by just stimulating their mind to, to the enjoyment of history is one of the goals that we have. The other goal of the series is for youth if they can, to sit down with their grandparents and learn more about their own family history. When you're young, a lot of times you'll look at your grandparents and you don't realize that they were young at some point in time. So if you can share those intergenerational stories, it'll give you hopefully a better sense of yourself and more about your, uh, your family history too. I'm really glad that you brought that up. My son was asking me, my 15-year-old was asking me last week about my grandparents and we had never had that conversation before which i was amazed by the fact that he really didn't know much about either set of my grandparents and i was telling him that on my mom's side were completely german and he says i'm german i was like yeah you're i am 50 percent german and it just blew his mind and then on my father's side of the family i my parents were divorced when i was young i really never got to know the family history Okay. I, I know the, I, I know the ethnic, um, is ethnicity the right word? But I have no idea when the family actually came from Ireland or England or 
Yeah, this is making me, it's making it painfully obvious how much I don't know about that side of the family. But we really need to have those conversations, not only with our parents and our grandparents, but with our kids. Because all they think, especially no matter where you live, is they know where they are right now. But it seems like the social media is taking over any type of history that we have. And we forget about family history a lot of the times. At least that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, and I totally believe that. And actually, um, a story within my own family is I was just raised by my mother, even though I knew who my father was, and Papa Lemon is my grandfather on my father's side. So by being involved in the Papa Lemon project, I've learned so much about that side of the family that I knew really not much about. I mean, I knew Papa Lemon and my grandmother, Mama Sarah, because they would come up from Mississippi during the summer and I would was able to get to see them, you know, um, every summer. But Papa Lemon passed away in 1973. So I was only eight years old and I vaguely remember him. Now, Mama Sarah, she lived to be 101. Um, And I actually do vividly remember seeing her quite a few more times. And actually kind of a a touching story with respect to Mama Sarah is that we published the first book about Dr. Martin Luther King and his I Have a Dream speech in September of 2004. Mama Sarah actually saw a copy of that book about one month before she passed away. So I just felt there was something really special and touching about that, that she was able to see that before she, uh, you know, left uh, this earth. And kind of how I look at it is that she knew it was going to happen. So she waited in order before it was her time to go to actually be able to physically see that book. That's that's the story that I believe with respect to um, to Mama Sarah. You literally gave me goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps. Wow. Yeah, and there's been an, sorry for there's been a lot of wow moments with this book series that have been just like just have blown me away. And I just want to share one real quick. And this happened eight or nine years ago. And I was just at this event exhibiting books. Um, Lehman wasn't attending at this time. And a middle-aged gentleman walked by the table I was at. And he kind of kept going past and he stopped. He looked at the books and he came back to me and then he said something that shocked the heck out of me. He said, Papa Lemon, hey, I read that book. You know, I read that when I was having some challenging times in my life. I actually was, you know, um, in jail for a period of time, but I read the Papa Lemon book while I was in jail and it was a really good read. Thank you very much for creating these books. And I didn't even know what to say because I have no idea how we got that book. Um, so I just thought I'd share that uh, little story about um, one of the things that happened with one of the Pop Lemon books. That's incredible. And I remember seeing on your site somebody, one of the reviews or one of the, yeah, I guess one of the reviews said that they actually knew two of the characters. And I don't, I don't know if they were talking about Papa Lemon, but. I mean, there there are undoubtedly people reading the book who could know somebody who was at or who was present when Martin Luther King Jr. gave the speech. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, I mean, we've especially when we have gone to these events, we've had 
just amazing conversations with a variety of people, uh, because actually in each of the seven books, they touch on different elements of history. So the first book is about Dr. Martin Luther King. The second book is about Harriet Tubman. The third book is about the Navajo wind talkers who were instrumental in the U.S. winning World War II. The fourth book is about a great woman athlete, Babe Diedrichson. And it's funny, whenever Lehman goes to school and he asks the students, so you know who Babe Diedrichson is? And some kids will raise their hand and they'll think it's like Babe Ruth, the, the guy baseball player. But no, Babe Diedrichson was a woman athlete that did amazing things in the 30s and 40s. The fifth book is about the California Gold Rush. And book six is about the first successful heart surgery performed by Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. And the seventh book actually touches on a subject that is usually challenging for elementary age students, um, but it's about Abraham Lincoln and his battle with depression. And actually Lehman got great um, kudos from an organization that supports mental health, uh, mental health and also a child therapist. Um, so the reason I bring that all up is that the books touch on such a variety of subject matters. And when it touches on a variety of subject matters, as you're out and about talking to people, there's different ways of people connecting and potentially relating to the books that have been written. I love that. That's incredible. Paul, if you could travel back to any time in history, I don't know how else to say this, and be a fly on the wall, where would you want to go? Wow, that's a... You know, I... No one has ever really asked me that question, which is kind of surprising. That is very um, where, surprising. I yeah, that is. I don't you to say, no oh, I'm is... asked this all the time. <laughs> no, I, gosh, that is where would I go if I could go back in time? Where would I go? Oh, my gosh. I have a that second is... question. Do you want to hear the second question? Yeah, I'll hear, let me hear the second question. question. Sure. Who would you want to go talk to at any point in time? And that can be completely separate from the first question. You know, actually, who I would want to talk to is, well, maybe it's because I'm from Minneapolis, but uh, the great musician entertainer Prince is from Minneapolis. And unfortunately, he passed away, you know, last year. But I would love to be able to talk to him you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago and just understand how his mind worked, how he was able to do what uh, he did in his amazing um, career. So that is who I would want to speak to. Any thoughts on where you would want to go? Where I'd want to go. That's <laughs> I'm still that one is just I'm not that is you such a you're, you are not letting me off the hook on that one. You are definitely not letting me off the hook. And, you know, actually, where I would want to go, I would this would be a real long way back time travel, but I would want to go back to the Middle East during the time frame when Jesus was alive to actually sit down and talk to him or just experience what was going on during that time frame. Wouldn't it be amazing to see how the basket of bread and fish was how it actually fed all those people? Right. Yeah. That would be like how, like, yeah, fascinating to be able to see that or, you know, some of the other miracles that were performed. So to actually be there would be um, amazing in my mind. Absolutely. Paul, this has been an amazing conversation. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Could you please share with listeners where they can learn more about you and about Papa Lemon's Little Wanders online? 
Yeah, the best place to go is our website, and that would be www.papalemonedu.com. There'll be information on the website about the books, um, testimonials, uh, pictures. Um, so, yeah, just go to the website and you'll learn everything um, that you would like to know about. Uh, well, maybe not everything, but you'll learn quite a bit about the Pop Lemon Book business. Fabulous. Listeners, again, you'll be able to find the links and the website URL and any other social media avenues that you can take to connect with Paul and Lehman and Papa Lemon on my website at thugkimsutton.com forward slash PP206. Paul, again, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Kim, for having me. I really enjoyed our time. It was a great conversation. The time went by so fast. Um, so thank you very much. Oh, it definitely did. Do you have one last piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? My advice to your listeners is for them to really listen to their gut feelings within life, to really nurture that and listen to that because that will lead you and guide you to where you should go, who you should be with. Um, and a lot of times in life, people have gotten gut feelings about things and they haven't acted on it. And I believe that the more we do that, the more we will be led in the direction that we're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. 